Now only two teams remain undefeated in the 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles. I got to be honest with you guys. Like I'm not here to tear anybody up, but I'm sick and tired of America's team continuing to be tied into these conversations about being one of the better teams in the league. Cause at the end of the day, they just continue to actually be frauds. Really? I mean, the fact that they are still quote unquote labeled as America's team is a crime. When was the last time they were in the playoffs? So look, the 49ers loaded. That might be the elite team in the league. The Eagles fall right in line with the Niners. The Cowboys can go kiss my ass, honestly, because I'm sick and tired of everybody talking about that team like they are a Super Bowl contender. Gentlemen, welcome back to the Weekend Shakedown, Sam Boner Show. Hope everybody's having a great day. Appreciate everybody tuning in. I'm Sam Boner Mick. Here alongside Mr. Mike Gill, Mr. Colin Thompson. Everything we do here is brought to you by Not For Long Media. Big shout out to our sponsors, the Original Fudge Kitchen, shipping fudge all over the country. OriginalFudgeKitchen.com. Do yourself a favor. Go online. Support the Sam Boner. Support the Sam Boner Show. Support the Original Fudge Kitchen. Another big shout out to our good friends, Verona Pizza. Uh, appreciate the love and support. Supporting the show here. If you haven't been to Verona Pizza in Maple Glen, Pennsylvania, do yourself a favor. They're slinging the goodness in cheesesteaks, pizza, cutlet sandwiches. What can I say, Sam Boner? What can I say, Mike? What can I say, Colin? Is this a takeover? Is this an absolute takeover? The theme of the postseason, MLB postseason, is takeover October. But on the flip side, what we saw yesterday, and Colin, I don't want to be too biased here as a Philadelphia Homer sports fan, but right. what we're starting to see here is that the Eagles fan base, the, the, the Eagles nation, is starting to take over the NFL just wait, just just when the Phillies are trying to take over October in baseball, the Eagles are taking over other stadiums in the NFL. It's complete debauchery, but you got to love it. It's always been that way, but now they're <laughs> winning more than ever. So people probably wear it with just a little bit more pride instead of maybe an FU. It's instead of, hey, you can't beat us. You can't stop us now. It's been well, that way. I'll tell you, what's helping is the new Kelly green jerseys. Honestly, those things shine very bright. And if you took a look, at that stadium yesterday, SoFi Stadium, it was a sea of Kelly Green. Like, what yeah. is going on in today's world? Is this a Philly takeover? Come on, Colin. It's always been that way. It always has. Every team, every time I've traveled, every place I go to, and here's a prime example. Annapolis, the last two weekends. I've counted two weekends in a row, over 100 people wearing some sort of Philadelphia apparel in Annapolis, Maryland. We were at the bar, Davis Pub, shout out, sponsor of, of our show. Uh, we were at Davis's Pub on Saturday for the Phillies game. Half of the bar was in red, white, and blue and Kelly Green for the for the Phillies game. Half. This is a this is a right in the middle of Navy football. The O's are in the playoffs. I mean, we I walked in with my dad, my uncle, my wife. I thought we'd be like one person wearing a Phillies jersey. Half the bar was. Half the bar. People were going crazy. So it was it was bedlam. And and again, back to the NFL side of it, I tell the story all the time. We played the Carolina Panthers. I was with the Panthers. The Eagles came to town, and we had to go no huddle silent count. Now, you saw the Rams do that this weekend, Mick. It was so loud there with the Eagles fans in L.A., the Rams had to go a silent count. So that's the norm. Uh, it's just now there's more Philly spirit than ever because pretty much other than the Flyers, they're all winning. Yeah. Yeah, no. Well, you throw into the mix, guys, that give us, you know, credit to. You got some of these towns have maybe, maybe one travel organization. I think Philadelphia has like four competing companies that are setting up road trips to go to road games. I mean, you know, I, I know um, you got Philly Sports Trips, who's been a sponsor of my show. So I've been on trips with them before. So shout out to them. You've got some competitors uh, that the names don't pop off my head right now because they should spend money on my show. But that being said, <laughs> you're getting tons of fans signing up to go on these trips where these companies take care of it for you. They get the airfare. They get the ticket. They do a party. They do the room and board. And you're talking about 100 to maybe 1,000. I know the guy from uh, Philly Sports Trips said when they went to Washington last year, they had over 2,000 people sign up for that trip. 
they took like buses down there. They had it catered and like had the whole area of like a, of the forest. There was like a little road and you went down and then they had it catered. Like these are full fledged tailgate parties and all that kind of stuff. Like I went on a trip with them this summer to Pittsburgh just to see the Phillies and pirates, you know, a modest sized trip, like 200 people. But what do you think these trips are for an Eagles game? And you're talking about multiple companies. If they're getting a thousand people each, plus LA is a spot where a lot of transplant Philadelphia people live. So from what I heard out there the other day from people that were there, said it was like 60, 40 Eagles fans. It yeah. Like and it, Mike. It really my did. My buddy yeah. is a bartender. Sorry, Mick. My buddy's a bartender out there and an actor and a model. Played football. <laughs> played football at Westchester. Shout out to Jimmy Hurley. They had a party bus. Probably 40 people on it. All from just, I think, whatever little beach town he lives in out in L.A. Just packed. Sorry, Mick, but it, it's, no, it's, no, it's, yeah. it's, it's no, it's just incredible to see. And you, you got to love the, the convenience aspect to it. Like it's a no brainer, right? They, they set you up in a hotel. They set you up on a bus. The transportation's there. You got the ticket. All you got to think about is where you're drinking. Honestly, that's a and problem. They take care of itself for you. Too. <laughs> they take care of that for you, by the way. They get- <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Seriously, a lot of these companies have pre parties at a bar or a location that they partner up with down there. And, you know, I walked down the street in Clearwater Beach when I was at Philly Spring Training, and I saw the Philly Sports Trip sign on one of the local bars on Clearwater Beach because they had a pre-party at one of those bars down there. A lot yeah, of those nah, – That dude, that dude all- does a good job, man. He's got some ties with my family, too. He does a great job. Yeah, Mike, it's been it's been awesome having you on here as we kind of transition into the fall. So Mike, Mike Gill, 97.3 ESPN Radio South Jersey, joined us about four weeks ago for those of you just tuning in now. And uh, I think this is our fourth or fifth fifth show here uh, as we kind of transition into the fall, the football season. Everything's going crazy with the Phil's postseason. It's almost, Mike, this has almost become like a wash, rinse, and repeat show. I mean, the, the, the Philly continues to win. The Phillies are thriving here as we eye up game two of the NLDS against the Braves. And the fact that we're going to be able to get your take before anybody else come 2 o'clock this afternoon, Mike. Lay it on us, baby. Let's talk a little Phil's game one. Let's talk a little Phil's game two. Uh, Well, you know, game one, I thought, was a perfect blueprint. Aggressive, aggressive, aggressive against a team that had a whole week off sitting there doing nothing, and you're coming out putting the pressure on them right away, making the Braves make plays, trying to steal bases, trying to take the extra base. And when you're doing that and you're not in your rhythm and you're not in your routine – you know, you get a little tighter. You make the throw. It's just a little off. That throw in the, uh, the Bryce Harper trying to, you know, he beats it out. Whoop, airborne throw there. They try to get aggressive in the first inning with Schwarber. He gets end up throwing, getting thrown out of third. But that shows you the mindset right off the bat that they were going to be aggressive, stealing bases, taking the extra bag, and they end up getting the two runs. And think about this. They're taking pitches. They're working strider. They're getting 0-2 counts. So you're like, oh, man, you're down in the count. And that's base hit by Stott, I think, set the tone for the game. We're going to let the count work his pitch count, a little slap the other way, scores a run, and then the Harper home run, I think, just kind of deflated everything. But the play of maybe these playoffs, you know, last year, we would come in on a, you know, show after the, the Phillies play and just say, oh, my God. How many moments can you have that are just standout moments? You know, the Hoskins bat slam, the Harper home run, the Castellanos catch. I mean, you could just start rattling moments off that you remember from the run. Well, you're going to remember that double play that Trey Turner. I mean, it was an epic play to get out of that inning. And I think Mike, that- I want to get I want to get your take on on the pitching decision. But prior to that, just as a digress for for your own matter, well, I don't know if that can come out right, but. They do. They did run some simulation games. The Braves apparently yeah. they took a page out of somebody's book, maybe a page out of Billy Bean's book. I forget, but looks like that didn't really work for them. But Mike, talk to us about the decision. Uh, Philly Rob coming in and pulling Suarez in the third inning or the fourth inning, I should say, yeah. uh, in that particular moment, and then riding another six pitchers to the finish line and taking game three, uh, taking game one, three nothing. Well, it's funny because he mentioned it after the game. You I mean, what do you do in that moment? Do you tell that pitcher that's what's going to happen? Hey, give us your best three, unload the tank and just go. Or don't even tell him and just hope that he gets through it. And he went with the ladder there. But he goes in and said, look, 
Uh, Ranger was not happy when he came out of the game, but I got to do what's best for us to win. And that's what I love to hear. He went to Hoffman in that spot. Dominguez comes in. And Dominguez, he could have easily walked away from. He's been struggling. He has two guys on. He ends up striking out the side. And he didn't just strike out the bottom of the order. I mean, he throws 99 bias fastball right by Ronald Acuna and says, take that, buddy. So you got to love the fact that he stuck with Dominguez. And now maybe you have a refocused Dominguez that can help this bullpen. Alvarado, but the kid Kirkering, man, for him to come in in that spot, I loved it because I told you guys about Dude, there it is. Bang. There and it is. Kimbrel, how many people were biting their fingernails when Kimbrell was in the game there? It was a little scary, but, hey, I think this bullpen really got some confidence in that first game. But I think – Strom, Strom, too. Shout out to Strom. He got his – he worked on as well. The double play will what will be what we will remember if the Phillies advance out of this series. Every series had their moment. That double play was epic. Absolutely. Jumped out of my seat. What's up, Kyle? What do you got? Nothing, man. I was just – it was a great atmosphere watching the game with a bunch of Phillies fans down here. I haven't had that opportunity this year. I don't live in the area anymore, so that was cool. I thought, too, you know, with the game early on, you know, that nervous feeling of, I don't know, this, this pitcher starting to really dial it in. Like, that guy is an absolute stud. And between Bryce and the characters, and it just goes to show you, like, baseball, like, even here in Baltimore, like, this homegrown talent. Philly's not made up of any really homegrown talent anymore. And they're just loaded with studs, high-dollar guys. And you need to go out and spend it. You're seeing it with Baltimore here where they – Mike and I talked before the show. They didn't spend the money on pitching. And Texas spent the money on pitching. And they're killing them. So, By the way, Texas spent the money on pitching, and those guys aren't even pitching. I yeah. mean, no Scherzer, <laughs> no DeGrom. Those guys aren't even in, in there. That I know, man. That was a heartbreaker. I was looking forward to watching that game yesterday. I'm pulling for the Orioles, right? I got yeah, good friends with the Orioles fans. It's right down the turf. Like, that's what – I mean, that's what everybody's looking for. And it's, look, it's not over yet, but – yeah, it's on team, by the way, just I know big picture, terrible matchup for the Phillies. Terrible. Who? Texas. We saw it opening day. Texas has a lot of lefties, and they just kept throwing lefties. Met, go all the way back to opening day. You got swept by the Rangers to start the season. And it was like, ah, the Rangers, who are they? No one had a lot of expectations. And one of the big problems is the matchup. They got so many lefties on that team. If you get matched up with them, that means Marsh is probably out of the lineup. And now you got lefties facing Schwarber, Scott, Harper. Mar I mean, that's a tough matchup. I know yeah, Mike, what's down the road. Down Miami, too. Come on. Yeah, well, Miami doesn't have the same talent as Texas, though. That Texas you know, I got to digress as well. My last episode, I, was, I wasn't thinking. I, I was thinking this was a seven-game series. And I had mentioned that, you know, if the Phillies can just go in there and take one of two – we're obviously in the driver's seat. I said we go come back and make the series 3-1. We're in a situation where we come back, even, even if it's 1-1, say we lose tonight. I, I, I struggle to even think that any team, even a team like the Atlanta Braves, can come into Citizens Bank Park and have a chance. Like it, This atmosphere is just different on all, all levels. We're going to be big favorites there in game three and four, and there's a very good chance we take this series, even if we do lose tonight in Philly on Thursday night. Yeah, and it'd be perfect too, right? Well, like the, the schedule works out perfect for Philly, right? Thursday night football, ah, no, Eagles aren't rolling. It's it's always, if, if you look with this, this Philly schedule and Citizens Bank Park and the Eagles and the Juice, like Mix always talks about, it's a Philly takeover. Like, oh, listen, I've already mapped chaos. out the whole run. There are no Phillies possibility. There are no yes. Sunday conflicts with the e yes, Eagles that's the rest of the at. way. The Eagles don't play that Thursday night game like they did last year. Well, let me tell you guys, last week on the show, I told you I had dinner reservations on Wednesday night, 8.30. Now, Colin gave me a great idea. Get there early. Maybe someone <laughs> will bail out on, the, on, the, on their reservation. But I one-upped you. I went and got tickets to the game and told her, I got tickets to the game. Ah, look at this guy. Well, so we got tickets, to the game. tickets to the game. And I went out and I said, listen, I got reservations for Friday. We could do that. She said, oh, it's my son's birthday. Oh. Like, oh. But I got another reservation Thursday night, 730. Well, of course, I'm thinking if the Phillies lose this game, now I'm in trouble yet again. But the Phillies did their job. We went to the game. We had the dinner. And let me tell you, the atmosphere in that ballpark, if you follow me on Twitter, which I've been retweeted and, and posted about five million times of 
people not leaving that joint, singing, dancing on my own for 45 minutes after the game was over. And by the way, I'm videotaping on my phone right when Bryson Stock comes to the plate. Everybody's singing, okay. And the guy delivers the pitch. Stott swings, and that's when I hit stop right at the oh. back of the bat. Everybody, wow. everybody posted it. A lot of people posted it, but the the take, the video where there's the no commentary yeah. behind it, just the just the the music coming in, and then the first pitch crack. Like if you don't have goosebumps running up and down your body when you watch that, you shouldn't. I, I, <laughs> I mean, it just this is where I, this is where I disagree, and I'll say this, Mike. Instead of dining on your own, you were dancing on your own. But I'll say this for Mick. I disagree. I think your call was better. I mean, oh. ten thousand views on Instagram. No, Watch it was that great. baby out yeah, of yeah, here. Yeah, you know, Mike, was... if you had to do that again, uh, you probably that would probably be a more affordable night if you were going to Atlanta tonight and you looked at it and trying to do that on Wednesday or Thursday. While we were out to dinner, while we were out to dinner on Thursday night, we talked about going to Atlanta for Saturday's game, you know, because there's been all this stuff. You go to you could fly to Atlanta, go to the game, and come back for cheaper than a Phillies game. There you go. Why would you want to go there? And and listen, Atlanta's a cool city. I, I played some football in there, I've lived there, I've trained there. But again, it goes back to the atmosphere. Like yeah, you're Mick, right. Mick, Mick tells a story about his dad, right? His dad looks at him and says, Hey, Mickey, how much could we get for these tickets? Don't worry about it, Dad. It's not even worth it. So, like, just the Citizens Bank Park in October. Well, and listen, there's the a lot of great. There's a lot of great establishments in Philly and down where I live that uh, the places are going bonkers. I said, like, you know, I was funny because my show on Friday on the radio, we asked people to text in a place that will have the sound on. You got to have the sound on. Your bar has to have the sound on. Otherwise, you does. So. And a lot of people texted in Seaview, by the way. I did get an ample amount of Seaview text. But I got probably over 200 texts of places that they said would have the sound on. So you got to have the sound on. But that's the thing. Like I said to my mother, we're looking for a place that has the sound on, that we can have some elbow room. We can get a nice spot early. And she said, that sounds like your house. I said, nah, 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 nah. You got to be with strangers. People you never before that now become high-fiving and big old bear hugging <laughs> we talked about that over the summer mike that was a good segment no we 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 met like i'm telling you like i said earlier so the show there was 15 people in there oh yeah people i never even seen before in Annapolis, and they're like yeah we're locals we gotta get together we'll do eagles watch parties i'm like that's ah, not my thing not a big you know eagles for work not for pleasure but uh still a pleasurable game for the birds against the rams not i don't know if we're ready to transition yet but lots to talk about there no, it's it is, man. This this is just like it doesn't get any more loaded than the Penn like I, I say this is the best time of the year. Colin says the spring's the best time, but like this is nuts. Like I went from telling myself, all right, I'm not going to drink on nights the Phillies don't play. But Friday <laughs> night was practically Christmas Eve, so we got after it. Saturday was Game One, we got after it. Sunday was the birds, we got after it. Here I yeah, you know, wake up Monday morning, feel like I just got ran over by a Mack truck, and now I'm talking to you, fine gentlemen. But it doesn't get any better because, you know, in a good short eight, nine hours, we got game two. And, oh, my God, unfortunately, my kid's got a uh, baseball tryout tonight. I'm going to miss the first two innings. But oh, what? We'll get it on the radio. It's okay. Yeah, New sports is in high gear uh, right now. I'm on, uh, I'm on remote today at the Ocean Sportsbook. So my show gets off at 6. The game starts at 6. So I got to be hot tailing it to get home to get oh, back in time. To watch the game. Wow. I didn't know the game starts oh, wait, who, at who six. Who picks up the game in South Jersey, Mike? What's that? Is, do you pick up Fransky or who do you who do you get? Uh, no, we carry the ESPN national feed, and there's a competing station in town that carries the Phillies affiliate feed. Gotcha. I don't know if you saw, we had Tom McCarthy on last week. And, and Colin, you brought it to my attention. I'm like, that's right. These guys lose the spot. As yeah. soon as the postseason comes yeah. in, they're no longer there. McCarthy's doing three innings of play-by-play on radio. Yeah, he said that Correct. on the show. But, but McCarthy's got so much else going on. I mean, he's doing college football, NFL football. I mean, he's keeping yeah. busy. So Yeah, he, he's not uh, sitting around on the couch. I love his CBS calls. It's cool. I, I'll say, and, and, Mike, you're involved in this announcing thing. I think there's a lot of really good announcers now. now and there's always has been. Yeah. But like, by the way, you could check out my announcing podcast. We had Tom McCarthy on. But one of the things we do is we bring announcers on. And they tell us kind of their journey. But one of the things we always ask them is to give us like a crazy travel story where like you don't realize like Kevin Harlan 
you know, he's doing an NBA game. He's doing a Sunday NFL game. Then he does Monday night football for Westwood one radio. And last week, the, the, the game he did on TV was in New York. The game he did on radio was in San Francisco. So you're crisscrossing across the country. Mind you, many of these guys also do local teams. Like Ian Eagle does the, the Nets basketball. Yeah. He does the NBA on TNT. He does the NFL game on Sunday CBS. And then he does the um, he does a, uh, a radio game as well for Westwood One. Uh, Thursday nights. So he does the yeah. Thursday night game there. So these guys have crazy, cra- I don't know how they stay married. <laughs> well, that's a different story for another different <laughs> podcast. But, yeah, know, I mean, I, I'm talking about just like the travel and being away from home. I'm not even insinuating what they're doing on the road. I'm just no, not that I'm no, insinuating no, no. that. I'm just saying no. they are constantly traveling on flights here, there. Many of these guys, you ask them, they don't even know what city they're in. There was a guy we brought in, Sean Grandy does the Celtics. He called a game. He called a fight, an MMA fight in Italy, and the same day flew back from Italy and did the Celtics game. Yeah. That's that business, man. Crazy, man. Crazy. It's great to be uh, You want to be the, uh, you know, you want to be the color guy. You want to be the play-by-play guy because there's only so many good ones. Even though I said there's a lot right now, but it's the old cowherd thing. You know, there's only so many people that can play the Super Bowl halftime show. There's like 10 of them. The rest of them. I will eh. say – I think there's a lot of good play-by-players. Finding a good analyst is always the most difficult part. Like, you're trying to find a former player who feels comfortable enough in being free and speaking. And then try to be, I don't want to say critical of their brethren, but being given an honest opinion of what they're watching right there. So that's a hard, you know, there's so many great play-by-players who describe the action, but it's hard to find someone who is willing to be objective enough to describe the play as the former player. Yeah, it's really hard, and you see it now in NFL football. I said there's a lot of really good play-by-play guys, but especially the more I've been more involved in this media stuff, I've become more critical of the color guys because they're just filling space. You don't need to fill space sometimes. Sometimes it's okay to just be quiet, and I think that's what a lot of former players struggle with. It's like, oh, now it's my time to talk. It's like, no, you have 10 seconds to get a good statement. And if you don't have 10 seconds to articulate something really strong, like Romo, I think, who I used to be the best. I think Tony fills a lot of dead air now. It's like, I dude, Jim Nance, Jim Nance is one of the best in the world. Let him I talk a little Romo, bit more, Tony. I think Romo, couple He's things. Losing, losing one, his luster. One, I think they may have reeled him in a little bit. Two. Uh, I think Romo, as he's a little bit more removed from the game, the game has changed a little bit, and I don't know how much homework he does. So does he not. just takes – what's that? From what I heard, he doesn't do as much homework as he used to. Plus, he's right. out of well, the league now and removed He's more. out of the league a little bit further, and I think the game, the offenses are changing a little bit, and I don't know how much homework he does, so I think he just makes these generalized statements more so than – informed based on my film study i yeah. saw them do this and he's just saying that's a great throw there jim no crap it's a great throw we all just <laughs> I was the throw there why was the guy open why was he able to make that throw what was the blocking scheme up front that kind of stuff i really yeah. like to keep to a lot of people couldn't stand him but i thought he brought such a cool perspective of defensive back in a league that's passing all over the place he is a defensive back telling you what the coverages were and what the receivers were doing and you don't hear that perspective you always get the star quarterback you always get some sort of he was a defensive back that really i thought brought good insight um but uh, you know obviously there was a lot he was very polarizing when he was out there because he wasn't the most polished guy but for me he brought really good information Good stuff. I love it. Always, I love a lot it. of good information to talk about here with this Eagles game. That fires up, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, before we before we transition into uh, a little birds talk, because it was an exciting, exciting win yesterday. Uh, another quick shout out. It's cheesesteak month, everybody. Big shout out to uh, I already mentioned Verona Pizza. Big shout out to Pete's Famous Pizza. These guys are blowing up. Uh, Pete and Gus, man alive. Just there a couple weeks ago. The one in Logan Square. There's another one in Center City, or there's one over by Fairmount section. It's 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 not like you're overpowering cheesesteak boys. It's more of just kind of right in the middle of the road, perfect amount of meat, good little cheese blend 
on a fresh Sarcones roll. Their pizza was really, really good. Great little spot if you're around the city or a Fairmount Park area. Pete's Famous Pizza. Another quick shout out to these guys. They're also spinning up a new Greek restaurant. You guys like Greek? Oh, my Greek God. Food? My, my favorite food. We, my favorite food. It's called Mustaki. Mustaki Greek. Uh, Mustaki is it just opened up a new location in Fishtown. And for the, the I, I've always been a gyro fan, but lo and behold, I was saying it wrong. It's not gyro. It's gyro. Hero. hero. It's silent. Mike, did you know that? Very Delco. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you hear a lot of people, you know, call it the gyro, though. You're not like so crazy that like I was the only guy saying gyro. No, a lot of people kind of land action, little chicken action. Dude, let me just tell you. This this food is oh, unbelievable. Good. The Greek pizza, it'll knock your socks off. Highly recommend it out there if you got a little Greek kick. But no, let's let's keep transitioning into the football scene. Uh, now only two teams remain undefeated in the 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles. I got to be honest with you guys. Like I'm not here to tear anybody up, but I'm sick and tired of America's team continuing to be tied into these conversations about being one of the better teams in the league. Because at the end of the day. They just continue to actually be frauds, really. I mean, the fact that they are still, quote-unquote, labeled as America's team is a crime. When was the last time they were in the playoffs? So, look, the 49ers, loaded. That might be the elite team in the league. The Eagles fall right in line with the Niners. The Cowboys can go kiss my ass, honestly, because I'm sick and tired of everybody talking about that team like they are a Super Bowl contender. But on the flip side, you still have a couple 4-1 teams, Detroit Lions, Miami Dolphins, Kansas City Chiefs. The league is loaded, dude, and it's going to be a fun, fun season. What's your the take team- on the birds, Mike? I thought yesterday was one of the most complete games they played. I love Sean Desai's adjustments. I thought they did a great job early. They obviously gave up a lot of yards and were unable to kind of figure out what to do with Cooper Cup, but they made some changes. Roby, who they just pulled off the street, see what street free agents can do. My man Colin Thompson can help your team out. <laughs> on Wednesday, help you on a Sunday. Radley right. Roby gets in the house. They stick him out there. Hey, Cooper Cup, good luck. And he did a really good job. And now Cup got open a couple times. I thought Stafford missed on a couple throws. But ultimately, they didn't cross the 50-yard line the second half of that game. And the pressure was just too much. Carter, I said it on my show. My best prop bet of the week was Hassan Reddick. With a- oh, my God. That, dude, that blow, he – oh, my God. Uh, but Desai, I think, did a really good job of changing some things up. Uh, in the second half of the game in terms of the personnel. They made a couple personnel tweaks because they started Goodrich early. They were targeting him, uh, but I thought ultimately the pressure, and I talked about it all week on my show, the Eagles' pressure up front would ultimately either win or lose in the game. If the Rams were able to step up because they got weapons, but if their line wasn't able to get the job done, they could have they could have kept going back and forth, and then the Eagles running that game out. Exactly what we saw a couple weeks, Tampa Bay, um, uh, the 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 game against uh, who they play in week two. Like I mean, we got to we got to talk about it, right? We got to talk about Hertz. You know, by the way, was excellent in the game. He, oh, he was absolutely excellent. And to your point, like in the first quarter, I said the same thing, Mike. Like you know what? This is maybe one of those not letdown games because I think the Rams have a good offense, but you know they made the right adjustments, and then the fact that they were able to capitalize there at the end of the first half and then score. On fourth down, two seconds to go. But with that push push or the brotherly shove, it's like, unbelievable. It it's is. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Um, my buddy texts me. He actually lives in LA, but you know, he's an East Coast guy. He says, This play, you got to get rid of it. I said, Other teams are doing it and it don't work for them. The Giants got two linemen hurt last week trying to do it. So, How yeah, about it? get rid of things very interesting to me. Like, I've been a part of those in my entire career. You get behind the guys, you push them through. I think what's understated is who he's running behind on the left-hand side of that offensive line. I mean, you're not finding a bigger left tackle in the NFL other than Trenton Brown, and Trenton can't get as low. Big Trent, I played with Trent in Florida, and Jordan Maialata. You know, Dickerson and Kelsey, leverage-wise, like probably the two strongest interior guys in the league, pound for pound. So, And then, obviously, the guy's pushing them, and the fact that Jalen's got his cleats in the ground and there's patience to it. Like, a lot of quarterbacks, remember Brady would get it and just dive right there and take – he would take the yard. Well, he's kind of riding the wave for like four. So that's so guaranteed. I don't think they take it out. The one thing that will be the rebut is on field goal blocks now, you can't push guys through the line anymore. So there's going to be some sort of back and forth. Um, But I digress. My takeaways from the game, 
real quick, Colin, let, me, please, let me ask you, Colin, because I thought one takeaway I wanted to get in there that I didn't. I thought that Brian Johnson did a great job this week of getting Goddard involved and showing that that's another weapon we have if we need to go to that bag. Dude, yeah, I, hit, I hit the Goddard over 80 yards, touchdown, Jalen Hurts over 275 parlay, baby. You, did you post that? to win 465. Nice, Mick. Did you post that? No, I didn't post it. I don't want to be a complete degenerate. Well, you didn't, then it didn't happen then, folks. We need to start. <laughs> it happened in my <laughs> eyes, baby. Yeah, this is wallet, too. <laughs> I had that gut. I said, like, you know what? My player of the game is going to be Dallas Goddard. Jalen Hurts is going to continue to elevate his game. And the birds, yeah. I, you know, I, I will say, I will say, it, it, after the first quarter, I did say this might be a letdown. We're going to lose. But then they adjusted. And that's, it so, into- that's so, like, well, that's it's so, just it is what it, it is. is man. So radio, though, like here, here's the thing: it's not, your, <laughs> it's not your fault, but that's so like Philly sports talk radio, and like I'm watching people on Instagram and I'm watching videos here. It's like oh, I think this was a one this week, guys. I'm like, why? Like, yeah. why? What tells you with your own two eyes that the Philadelphia Eagles, them, the Niners, the two most complete teams in the league, are really going to let it down on the road that are lesser than them? Because here's no, the thing: at the end, the Rams are a good football team. I, I, but I, I don't, they're not even in the same league as the Eagles, though. Like, they're not it even was close. to be last year. Yeah, but that what's have to do with this year. Like, that's completely shit happens. But to me, that's all like, that's, that's why people mess up gambling. I'm not even, I'm not in the gambling world as a current player, but my point is this just remove like all the crap and just really focus f- fandom wise and tell yourself, Eagles, like, who is going to really give them a problem? Who's really going to give them a problem? Uh, it, would be, it would be San Francisco. Yeah, I know. I know that's coming in December, and there, there'll be some teams that will give them issues uh, here. I think I next think week the on the road is a tough one. The interesting game will be Miami to see if they can keep up and slow yeah. Miami's offense down. You know, because Miami can put up 40, 35, 40. You know, but Miami's on. putting those up against not really good run defenses with Absolutely. a great defensive line. So that's what I'm saying. Like sometimes people forget because they want to find the what's going to beat the birds. It's like, well, who's going to stop them? Because at the end of the day, right, we saw this game, Devontae Smith, not very, not involved very much. Well, why? There's only one football. There's two running backs that are great catching the ball out of the backfield. People don't talk about that enough. There's three receivers. There's a tight end. So I think what the Eagles did best this game is I get to one of my points is the Eagles took exactly what was there for them. If the running back's open in the flat, boom, we hit him. If Dallas Goddard's open on a bubble route, we're throwing it. Jalen Hurts, we're going to run you. It's time to run you, man. They're in man-to-man coverage. Guys are taking – we couldn't complete the deep ball down the field, right? We saw that with Devontae a couple times with Jalen. But they're all in man-to-man coverage, and they're pressuring Jalen. That was the decision they made. They're saying, we're going to take Hurts, we're going to knock him off the spot, and then Jalen's going to take off around the corner, and then that's why you saw all his big runs. So – I don't know who's going to line up scheme-wise and say, hey, this is what's going to beat the Eagles because what scheme has stopped it? The, the Vikings? Max and, and Colin, I hope you're right. I hope it does become predictable. But unfortunately, Eagles football is not predictable. It's unpredictable. I mean, look at the Buffalo Bills. They they started out their season with a when loss. When has it been unpredictable? Jets. What do you mean? Jalen I'm just saying the- NFL football in general is unpredictable. Yeah, I get that. I know that. I think that goes without saying. But my point is, Jalen Hurts has won 21 of his last 22 regular season football game. Like, let's You're just call it trade a spade. I know the Philly and everyone's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. But it's like, you got it. You got the gold now. You yeah. have the New England Patriots dynasty of the last 10, 20 years. This is what's happening right now, right in front of everyone's eyes. As long as they can replace Lane Johnson at some point and, you know, find it and it works out offensive line wise, like, I think fans need to lean into that. It's like, hey, we're the we're the shit now. Yeah. <laughs> Where was shit. Aaron Donald yesterday? Honestly. They did a great job with them. That's my point. It's like, all right. So Cooper Cup made some catches. Yeah, he's the best wide out in the NFL, you know. So like I just I that's the one thing I always rub is like I, again, I'm not a diehard Eagles fan, but I, I grew up supporting him and I got to understand and, and see the league. And I'm like, man, they're like, well, like top but like hey, you know, help us understand like how does it how does a team like Dallas last night get completely blown out of the water. I said, like, last, I said this last week. It Was it here, I guess? I don't remember. But the difference between Philly, San Fran, Dallas, they all have talent, 53. Dallas is right there. Mentally, they are not a mentally tough team. And when they get punched, they do not have counter punches because they are a 
They, they've had too many moments where they look back to a failure. They don't have those big wins. They, they feast off winning 40 to nothing off the Giants. They feast off beating the doors off bad teams and giving false hope. But they are not a mentally tough organization. I don't that think they're wise they're even close to the Niners or Eagles, by the way. Right. So why is everybody out there saying well, they I are? Say this. Because it's good for the business of the football. Good so for the business. Talk okay, we're talking business now? Well, last business. year, when we it's looked at the teams business. in August, when we looked at the teams in August, I said, I think the Eagles 53 is better than the Dallas 53, but not knowing Jalen Hurts was going to be an MVP candidate, I, you would say they've got Prescott and they've got Parsons, and the Eagles have a better 53, but they have the two best players, and that equal evens the playing field a little bit. Well, what happened was Hertz surpassed Prescott. You end up having a guy in Hassan Reddick who had every bit as good a year as Parsons did, so you're better 53, and you now have two players that are better or comparable to their two best, and you have passed them in terms of not only talent but star players. And then last but not least, you have the toughest fan base in the league. These, like you said, the 60-40, 40% of those fans are rooting for the visiting team. That's huge. Yep. Huge. Massive. Now Massive. you're going to come back home? Well, no. <laughs> let's let's see what the Meadowlands looks like next week. Now, I, I think that that – I'm weird. Like, I'm a homer, but I think that'll be a good game. Eagles there, it will be a good game. I I think think good defense. Be a, the Jets yeah. have a good defense that should keep them in. I would have loved to have seen this game with Rodgers because I thought it would have been a, a very – I thought the Jets were going to be really good with Rodgers. Look, they're, 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 they're hanging in there with the Wilson who can't play a lick. And they're hanging in there. So if they have, the power, go ahead, go ahead, Kyle. It's just going to come down to like, what's okay? Uh, what are they going to do on defense with the Jets? Are they going to do what the Rams did and try to bring pressure and go man to man on the outside? Well, what if Jalen starts to run around again? Because if he runs around again, he's a build player. He's breaking tackles and scrambling for first downs like he's Cam Newton. Like, what are you talking about? That's not even realistic. Why did Matt Stafford and the Rams not win yesterday? Because the Eagles did the same thing to them on defense, and he can't run. They, they have to complete short passes and hope their guys can make people miss and get first downs. So it's like, I love it all, but how are you going to stop the Eagles' offense? And then if they get a little bit of a lead, you got to throw the ball to come back into the game. Well, now you see what happens. Hassan Reddick ends it. great, man. So Jalen Carter was like, it, it was a football. It was it was winning football. Honestly, that's what I'm. That's where I'm. They going play like that play. on any given Sunday. I, they they could run. They could. They, they could play it every week. And, and and maybe they'll maybe they'll lose a game or so. Even the Washington game, everyone's like, "Oh, I don't." Washington's got some great players, right? That's that's a division game. They're always going to be close. So I think it's going to be another close one with the Jets, right? It may be a ten point game or whatever it may be. I don't know. But my point to all of it is, is like the one thing they got to be careful with is Priest Hall is a legit player. They have Dalvin Cook as well. They have some really good weapons offensively. I think that offense has some some confidence going. But again, it's like. You know, someone on the Eagles is going to step up and have a massive week. Who's it going to be? Is it going to be somebody on the defensive side? Who's it going to be on defense? Who's it going to be on offense? Mick hammered Dallas, which is super smart because, like, the Eagles are the most – I was talking to someone this week about it. The Eagles hear the media and the fans more than any other team in the league. Whatever's being said about the Eagles and the fans whatever's, – whatever's being said about the Eagles from the media and the fans' perspective, and no one listens to it, any other team I've been on. But in Philly, they listen. Tush push. They want to see more of it? Great. You're going to get a healthy dose of it. And now we're going to rub it in everyone's face in the league, and the Eagles fans are going to get behind it. Dallas Goddard's not getting the ball? Great. He get the he got the ball and some. They Hold fed on, him. Tom, real quick. Is it, un, is it unstoppable? Is the push-push unstoppable? Yes. With those players. Nobody's going to figure out a way to stop that. With those players, no. It's always players. It's always players. If you just put an if you just put an even an average or above average offensive line. Oh, wait, wait, say 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 like a, say like a, the one middle linebacker goes behind the other middle linebacker and he pushes the middle linebacker in, and it's become like almost like a game of tug of war. Like that's not a possibility. Well, that means you have one less guy in a gap. The linebacker now is not right, playing. Then they're going to adjust to that. I have an int- I think it's going to get interesting. No, I really do. It's I not going that- to. Because here's why: they have probably two or three fakes off of it that they have not shown yet. They tried the one. But there's going to be two or three fakes off this yet where you watch. Jalen's going to get behind the O-line. He's going to look like he got stoned. And then he's going to flip the ball back to a running back, and the running back's going to throw a 40-yard bomb to Devontae. That's what I mean. There's going to have to be some sort of audible. But why? It hasn't been stopped. I I just – I don't know. I have a feeling – Stop. Get the Philly out of you, Mick. We're going to sell out. Just fucking – Get the Philly out of you. I just (laughs) what's going to happen. What's going to happen is they're just going to get rid of it. That's what's going to happen. 
I don't think I, they will. No, I don't no, think they're they not, will. Mike. They're not. Colin's spot on with his, his his assessment. And, you know, my, my brother compared it yesterday. We were just joking. But, like, if they're going to get rid of this, they should get rid of uh, Tyreek Hill going deep. Like, <laughs> Yeah, no, I think here's the well, one listen, thing is players going to get involved here. That's that's the, will, always will be the crutch of here's what, here's what it is. This is going to be the argument against it, right? Not that I agree with it. But on field goal block, I was a part of this. They used to be able to push guys through the line, and then when you push them through the line, they get deeper in the backfield, and they jump up straight, which right takes the angle away from the kicker. Right? They're not going to take it off the tee. They're going up high. So what was happening was offensive linemen were getting really bent back because you got about 700 pounds coming right over one person. Right? That's, not, that's a health issue. So they're trying to make the game safer. The only way they're going to get it overturned is they find a way to curate an argument about how it's not healthy. So That's the thing. They're going to say you got all these guys jamming, hitting heads. That's every play. I get it, but look to me. You well, said oh, you got to you got to tell Tyreek Hill. No, 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 no. You can't in the NBA have a seven foot guy just swatting balls over the rim. That's how they came up with goaltending. There are certain plays that were not aesthetically pleasing to the product, so they just got rid of them. Um, and I think this is what's going to happen because. What other play in the entire league do you see every single week and that the broadcasters are now focusing on it and talking about it and league-wide they're talking about it? It's awesome. It's awesome, man. It's awesome. And we said, my buddy, my buddy texts me. They got to get rid of this play. It's, it should be illegal that you literally physically are pushing a man forward like that. And I said, other teams are trying it, and it's not working. But we do it anyways. Here's what happens. Here's a good example. What's the difference between this? <laughs> but here's the thing. What's the difference between this? And here's my rebuttal to everybody. And this is what you can take to your local bar. And this is what you can take to your house when Uncle Billy's texting you or Uncle Bobby's saying you're wrong. When you throw a ball short of the sticks, it's second, say it's second and 10, and you throw a ball for eight yards, and the guy's about to get tackled. He gets held up. Who comes behind him and pushes him? The O line. Yeah. That's your job. We're taught that. And that's completely legal play. It's applauded, right? When it gets mushed up, and then all of a sudden the guy keeps his balance and the ball keeps moving down the tracks. Oh, and it's a first down. Everyone's going crazy. What's the difference? What's the difference? Nothing. Well, so this is what happens when much I'm, like even, I'm not even an Eagles fan. This is a football. <laughs> much like the Sixers process, That's right? Watch, Other man. teams have lost purposely. But the Sixers branded it and gave it a name, and then it became polarizing. The Eagles play has a name, and there's where they failed. Eh. They keep well, winning. I think, I think I the, media, the media is who kind of named it. They well, but that's the point. Is the, the, the media gets a bring it down, story, though. and then the story manifests so much to where it gets taken away. Well, that's the thing. The commentators last night, because the Cowboys ran it, and, it, and they ran it for a successful first down when I was watching. And then the commentators jumped right in. Is this the new Philly? I guess you can't really incorporate a Dallas Cowboy doing it and calling it the brotherly shove because that just doesn't work. But, you know, I think, Mike, at the end of the day, if teams continue to bring it into the mix and start to work on it, they'll also figure out a way to make it a, a very successful play. I don't think so. They don't have yeah, the guy. I mean, if you have the right offensive line, Colin, I, I saw it work last night. He the Cowboys were running it and it was working. Reason. There's a reason what? why he goes. There's a reason why he goes left every time. That's it. Look who's on the left side. <laughs> He's got beef. Landon is literally. If you want to go find cornbread Alabama offensive lineman, you think that's guy that guy's missed a meal? You think Myelata's missed a meal? No, no. And, you know, and here's and, the other and, thing. But I see it working with like a Dak Prescott because you know they're all. He's a big body, 250, 260 pound quarterback. It helps. Yeah, that helps the cause. I know, but Brady was skinny as a rail, and he led the world. But and, he did it differently. Yeah, they I might, they used to push him too, and that's what I'm. That's where I'm going to be. My next statement: This has always happened, but now it happens every single time, frequently. Right? The Eagles have caught fire with it and say, "Why would we change this? Why would we put this big guys?" Let me go football nerd here. Usually on a week, you have like five or six short yardage and goal lines plays that are strategically built to face the defense you're going to face. They don't even have to put them in. They're now spending more time elsewhere because it's third and one, fourth and one. That's non-negotiable. Guys, that takes that's an hour meeting just for the players. The coaches go through every play that we're going to run on third and short, fourth and short, and goal line. 
So I know that's a nerdy football. What's that to do with anything? But that's what I bring to the, to the show, I guess, is they're not even having those meetings anymore, probably. Like, there's no short yardage meeting. It's just right on the third down. So they're spending more time elsewhere, and the coaches can do less prep because they know here's what we're doing. So I think that plays a role, too. It does. Time is time, and everybody has the same amount of time per week. And if you're spending less time on something, you have more time to spend on something else. Speaking There's of time. my mic drop. No, no, speaking of time, it's another hell of a weekend to go pumpkin spice yourself, Mike. Oh. Pick, up, pick, up any, uh, pick up any pumpkin brownies over the weekend, Mike? No. I'm out on the pumpkin, man. I'm out on that foot. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a sucker for that that pumpkin glazed donut at Dunkin' Donuts, I will tell you. I, uh, I did stop bag. at a coffee shop. Here's a violation. I went to a coffee shop which shall remain nameless because I do like the place on a Sunday, and they were closed. Oh, my God. How's a coffee on the business closed on a Sunday? I'm out on the businesses not be staying open for whatever reason. Now, if it's close a family. On Monday. You close on Monday. Sunday. Monday, Tuesday. God, before the, the Eagles game, I got to get a coffee. I'm trying to patronize the business. We drove there, parked, got out of the car, walked, lights out. When are you doing another Stan Bone, Mike? <laughs> um, good question. I don't, yeah, I don't go out and eat a lot. Like well, when Tony, I Tony Baloney's any good, Mike, Atlantic City? Uh, I like Tony Baloney's. I do. I, I enjoy a Tony Baloney. You know what? I have not had a sandwich. I usually go every time I've had Tony Baloney's. It's been a pizza. Gen- no, I've had the oh the cheesesteak Olay at uh, Tony Baloney's is like their that's their thing. It's uh, it's pretty darn. Tony cool. Baloney's gets a lot of love. You see, like some of those sandwiches where they pull like the bone coming yeah. out of it. It's legit. in Hoboken too, right? I think Justin Pugh, yeah. uh, Council Rock guy, is involved in it. Yeah, it's uh, it's no, it's legit. I like Tony Baloney's a lot. If you're going to get like a little exotic sandwich, they got all sorts of off the beaten path type of sandwiches where they, you know, you're not getting it at other places. You're not going there just, you. yeah. A little mac oh, and you gotta, you gotta get, you gotta get, uh, you gotta get geared up for it. I'm actually gonna be right by Tony Baloney's tonight. Now, if the Phillies game wasn't on, I'd probably stop there and sandbone it for you. But I gotta yeah. get in my car and and jet home. Yeah, I hear that, man. There's a there's a there's a there's a lot of new spots out there. I gotta I gotta get after it, but I'm I'm struggling coming off a of hoagie month, coming off a of beer month. Like uh, it ain't easy being a sand boner. But all right, as we wrap up here, uh, let's get your game two take, Mike. What do we got tonight in Atlanta? Six oh seven, first pitch. I think the series is over. Zach Wheeler goes down and does his job. I think the Braves are shell-shocked. Five-game series. We see this all the time. We put way too much stock. People put way too much stock in regular season stuff. The Braves are just not a team that is ready for this ambush that's coming. The Phillies were playing. The Braves haven't played a meaningful baseball game since May. They've had this division wrapped up the whole time. You can't ramp up the intensity like that on the dime. And the Phillies, I think, take this series, and I think they win the game tonight. Zach Wheeler, ace. You know, he's only, he lives like five, he's from like five miles from Truist Ballpark. There you go. Oh, get out of here. Yes. Oh, that's exciting. That's exciting. What was that? What was the story of the guy from the Orioles, Pew, or uh, not Pew, uh, Jung? His father played for the Orioles or something along those lines? Play with Cal. Know. You play with Cal? Nah, his dad, his grandfather's got one of the statues. I got to look into that shit. Anyway. Nah, it should be exciting, man. I'm with you, Mike. I think we attack early, we tack off, and, and we jump all over them, honestly. And if we do take tonight's game, holy shit, Wednesday night in South Philadelphia is going to be absolute pandemonium. <laughs> five o'clock? Five o'clock or it's early? Gil's got a meeting at 1030. Don't you have a Gil? Uh, don't you have a meeting at 1030, Mike? I got to go. Thanks for all coming right. on, brother. Enjoy it, Mike. Always fun. Enjoy the game. There you have it. The good, the great Mike Gill, ESPN 97.3 South Radio, the bash. <laughs> He's got a good show though. Like he shifted, those- dude. He shifted. Yo, worry, the, the, the Kirkram signing shifted his whole mindset. He's spot on with it. Having him in the middle of the rotation is deadly, dude. He's awesome. Mike is great. Like for those that are, I, I don't know, I'm, I got sick of sports talk radio in Philly for a while there. I used to listen all the time. And I think there's some really talented people in it, but like, seriously, we're not like pumping Mike up. He's on the show, but like Mike's yeah. show, it's a breath of fresh air, Mick. I think it is. It's good. He doesn't really, he puts a lot of time in and it's, it's a great local show for a place you and I love down the shore. So Mike's Dude, great. Mike would make a good color guy. We were talking color work. He would be a good color. He does play by play. Mike does play by play. Does he for who? Yeah, he does a bunch of high school games in the area. He does a couple local college games. 
Nice. So Mike's involved in it. He, he's, he's got his toe in a little bit of everything, Mike. And that's why I think he's so sharp. Like he coaches uh, Little League World Series, like baseball teams. I think yeah, that's yeah, why you yeah, get – Yeah, we talk about that all the time. You get some really good um, baseball knowledge out of Mike. And I think his Eagles perspectives aren't always chalk, which I agree because I think a lot of people give it chalk. And that's why you get people are like, eh, I think they're going to lose the Rams this week, chalk game. And I'm, I think the Rams are a good team. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, Sometimes you get to take off like the poop color glasses that I think a lot of Philly people wear because they're used to getting their heart broken. And it's like, nah, the team's really freaking good. Now, I'll say this in wrapping. The Jets D-line is a real thing. Very, 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 very real. We're talking like eight deep. Um, could be better than Philly's D-line. Uh, that type of respect I have for that group. Now, I don't know if they are better, but they're right up there with them. So how the Eagles handle them this week is the story. Because if they can wreck a game and they can get to Jalen, they have the corners, they have the personnel, they have the two best linebackers probably in the NFL playing together other than what we saw in the Niners last night. So their front seven with Sauce Gardner and a couple of players for the Jets is, is a real thing, real thing this week. I, I love it, man. I think they're a respectable team with or without yeah. Aaron Rodgers. It's good to see. Yeah, yeah I like their to coach see. too. Yeah, it'll be fun too. Jets and Eagles, like right up the part, right up ninety five. It's good stuff, man. Yeah, man, we are uh, we're grinding here. This is it's, it's it's a beautiful time, but it's a lot of work, Kyle. <laughs> the Phils and the Birds and Monday night Sunday night football, Monday night football, like Jesus Christmas, man. <laughs> yeah, Peter. And the nice thing is this, because of Phillies playoffs right now, you know we got everyone's got football night with Monday night football. Obviously, you have the Phillies game, and then Tuesday, MLB base, you know, playoff baseball's on. So it may be the best time of year, Mickey. May be right. It's unbelievable, baby. All right, Sam Boners. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Appreciate all the sponsors out there and friends of the show, supporting the Sam Boner show, supporting the Sam Boners. We appreciate it. Uh, it's cheesesteak month, baby. Let's get after it. Keep on Sam Boner. Sam Boner out. Sam Boner out. Know that it's worth it when the neon's inside. My mouth starts to water. My knees get weak. I'm hosting up on it. So